0: If you haven't known this yet about our family, we are dog people. We have three dogs that currently reside in our household. Two of them immigrated from Alabama with us, and one of them we have uh, recently obtained. We have Alicia's old dog, which is a Boykin Spaniel named Pippin. We have Anna Grace's king of the household, a Cavalier King Charles named Wilson, and then we have Neil Hartley's favorite dog, this young golden retriever mix that we just recently obtained from West Jefferson from the shelter there, and her name is Rosie—not for Rosie Bentley, but for Rosie on the golden girl, since she's kind of a you know golden retriever mix. But she's like our Rosie Bentley, very very friendly. Just ask Neil; she's been mugged by, uh, she's mugged him many many times. But over the, the years, we've owned all sorts of dogs. We've had several collies. We've had a lab mix or two. We've had a, a, a dog of unknown origin named Pumpkin who has recently passed away before he moved up here. And knowing her, she's dug under the pearly gates and escaped. I mean, she, she, she would leave anywhere. And most interestingly, we've owned a border collie. Now, if you've never had a Border Collie, they're they're very interesting dogs. They're very energetic. And we obtained Tish from a a fellow United Methodist pastor who was an old-time farmer as well. And he said, you know, this dog, I got her for a working dog, and she ain't going to work. And knowing that we're suckers for dogs, he told us about her. And, well, next thing you know, Tish is moving into our house trailer parsonage in Beulah, Alabama. Well, Despite what our friend Ray said about Tish, she had it in her to herd. When we went on vacation to my parents' home and all my nieces and nephews were gathered there, Tish was in the backyard as all the kids were there playing. And Tish began to circle around them and herding them up and gotten, got them into a, a big clump and she'd lay there, and when one of the kids would run off, Tish would run out and herd that child back into the circle, and then would lay there until one of them ran off again. And the kids figured out what was going on, so they started scattering out, and Tish is running around, running around, trying to herd these kids up, because that was in her nature, you see well, you know, we thought we could make some money on this dog, so we took her to go get married at a sheep farm where a guy owned registered border collies, and and Tish had international champion bloodlines in her, so we thought, we're going to make a lot of money. Well, um, the marriage didn't take, I'll just say that. (laughs) But the farmer said, hey, let's see how she does with sheep. And when when she got around the sheep, something changed. She got this look in her eye and she started to bristle up and she approached those sheep and she started to try to herd the sheep. Why? Because it's in the nature of a border collie to herd sheep. And today we're going to talk about this God who in his very nature loves a herd wayward sheep called people loves to bring them, us sheep, to the green pastures and the still waters, this place of abundance that he has made for all of us if we would just let ourselves be herded by him. Hear now the word of the Lord as found in the good news according to John, the 10th chapter, where we're gonna hear Jesus continue on phrases about who he is and the God that we can know in the I am statements that Jesus lifts up. hear now what Jesus says. Very truly I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate but climbs in another way is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he's brought out all of his own, he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They'll not follow a stranger, but they'll run away from him, run away from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used his figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying. So again, Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come and go in and out and find pasture. The thief, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I come that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd, does not own the sheep, sees a wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because the hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Yeah, when Jesus is talking about shepherds and sheep, Well, the folks there very much knew what he's talking about because there was an agrarian culture. There were shepherds and sheep all over the place. We remember, you know, on the night when Jesus was born, who came first to see him? Shepherds, because there are shepherds out abiding in the fields, watching the flocks over by night. So people knew about shepherds, and they knew about sheep. And this phrase that Jesus is saying, that I am the good shepherd, was very familiar to them when talking about God. You heard heard what Jeff said about from Psalm 95 uh, about uh, the shepherd bringing his sheep to good pasture. We, we see this in Psalm 80 where the psalmist starts out, oh, shepherd of Israel, hear your people. In, in Isaiah 40, we see that the Lord is someone who feeds his people like a shepherd. And of course, the most famous psalm of all starts out what? The Lord is my what? Shepherd, shepherd right. I shall not want. So, when Jesus is using these terms about sheep and shepherds, the people are familiar with it and they understand immediately when he's saying that I am the good shepherd. I am the one who feeds the sheep. That he was making a claim about himself that he was indeed the son of God. And it's interesting what Jesus says about the good shepherd. He says that the good shepherd isn't like the hireling. The hireling's going to run away, but the good shepherd, well, he's going to stay no matter what. How do we know what a hireling looks like? I mean, if you're out there in the field with people that were hired to take care of the sheep and with the shepherd's own, the sheep, how would you know the difference? I mean, they both look alike in a lot of ways. They both have weathered skin from being out in the elements all the time. They both wear pretty much the same clothing. Probably both had staffs. How would you know who was the shepherd? Who cared for the sheep and that person that was paid to watch over them? Well, Jesus said, I lay down my life for the sheep. I like the way the Rob Fuquay puts it. I'm fully invested in the sheep. And what Jesus is saying is, as God is fully invested in who we are, fully invested in humanity, fully invested in the people that he has made in this world. Look, look what God has done. He has created this beautiful world for us to enjoy despite all the wind and the cold today. You know, look at all the, the, the glory of this creation, the mountains, the trees, the, the green grass, He has given us all more than enough food to eat, even if there are 10 billion people in this planet. There's seven right now. If there's 10 billion people on this planet, there's plenty of food out there for everybody. He has created this earth in superabundance for us because God is fully invested in us. And this God who's fully invested in us, this God who cares for us, never ever will give up on us. Never gives up on us. Because, you see, that's what the Good Shepherd does. Now, Anna Grace, my daughter, and I love to go watch superhero movies. I mean, if there's a Marvel movie out there, more than likely, we've gone to see it. And we, we also like to watch other superhero movies. So the new Batman movie that's out. still playing at the theater. And it's pretty good. You know, it's getting mixed reviews. But if you can sit for three hours through the movie... Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it, it's a pretty good movie. But to be honest with you, I like those Batman uh, films that had Christian Bale's uh, playing in it as Batman. And there, in one of the scenes from the original movie, the very first one of the trilogy, trilogy, Christian Bale's is there and as as Batman, though he's Bruce Wayne at this moment in there. You know the guy that actually is the person, and of course he puts on the Batman suit, he's Batman, but he's there as Bruce Wayne and his mansion is burning up and there's his faithful servant, Alfred. And he said, Alfred, I failed. I, I've failed. I've failed. I've ruined my parents' legacy as, as the mansion is burning up all around him. And Alfred asked him, well, why do we fail, sir? So that we can pick ourselves up. And Bruce Wayne asks Alfred, you're never gonna give up on me. And you can uh, hear the actor say this, Never, never. That's what the good shepherd says. I'm never going to give up on you. I'm fully invested in you. And to prove this point, Jesus in in Luke's gospel, the 15th chapter, one of the most beautiful chapters in all the Bible, starts out that chapter by telling a story about this shepherd and here he is going, uh, looking at all the sheep, says, all right, there's 96, 97, 98, 99, 96, 97, 98, 99. Wait a minute, Where, where's that Ed? <laughs> he strayed off again. Where is he? And so what the good shepherd does is he puts all the sheep there in the corral and he goes out and wanders in the wilderness again through the brambles and through the briars and through all the heat and some maybe even to the darkest of night where there's danger maybe. And he goes and finds that lost sheep and he brings the sheep home to safety. You see, the good shepherd, fully invested in his sheep and he never, ever gives up on them never even more than Alfred Bruce Wayne's faithful butler he never gives up on the sheep see what else Jesus said in there because he's fully invested in us he says I know my sheep by name Think about that. You know, this God that, as I said, created this beautiful world, this wonderful universe, everything about it, you know, flung the supernovas into the air and, 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 and sent, sent planets spinning into the atmosphere. He knows each and every one of us by name, He knows us all by name. We see the importance of name uh, in, in Scripture. You know, there's Abraham uh, or Abram out there in, in the wilderness, and he says, "I'm, I'm going to change your name to Abraham because you're going to be the father uh, of nations." And he he calls uh, Moses by name there from the burning bush. And when Samuel is there asleep in the temple, and and he he wants to be wakened up by by God, or God wants to wake him up, uh, what does God do? Does he peel a big bell? Does he have a clap of thunder? No, what's he do? He says, Samuel, Samuel. And Saul, riding there towards the Damascus to persecute Christians, he's knocked off his horse, not by someone thumping him on the head, someone blazing a big fire in the sky. He says, no, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? You see? The good Lord knows all his sheep, you and me, by name. And remember the biblical uh, antidote about names. The biblical truth about names is if you know someone's name, you know, you know about them. Remember a few weeks ago when we talked about Moses wanting to know the name of God? God wouldn't give him fully any name, just an attribute of God, because we cannot know God fully, but if someone knows you by name and You know that person by name in the biblical understanding that you know that person. And therefore, when we hear the term that the good shepherd knows us by name, that means this good shepherd knows all about us. Knows what you're dealing with right now. He knows your hurts, knows your struggles, knows your pain, knows what brings you up and what, what brings you down. He knows what you're worried about right now. He knows what you're thinking right now. He knows it all. He knows you by name. And did you hear what Jesus said? As I call my sheep by name, I will lead them out to a place of eternal abundance. Isn't that wonderful to know that the the good shepherd leads his sheep? Now, That border collie I was talking about, have you ever seen them work? They're not going to lead the sheep. They're not going to whistle and say, y'all come. No, a border collie comes behind the sheep and nips at the sheep's heels so that the sheep will be driven towards where the shepherd wants the border collie to take the sheep. But not the good shepherd. you see what it says? I will lead my people out. That means... Wherever the shepherd is going means that he has already been to that place where he's taking us. That means he is going in front of us. Even though the way may be difficult, though the way may be dark, though the way may be looking kind of scary, he's going to lead us and protect us. As the psalm says, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And think about this, y'all. Would your mama take you to a place that's going to cause you harm? No. Is a dad that loves you going to take you to a place where you're going to be hurt? No. Now, again, the way may look scary, may look perilous, but we know that he has already gone before us and blazed the trail as we hearken to his voice and follow. The question is, do we know his voice? Do we know his voice? When you get to go to Israel, and I say when, because I hope every Christian gets a chance to go to the Holy Land. If you go at the right time and are in the right spot, you'll see uh, these Bedouins herding up their sheep. And it looks like a, a big cotton ball just wandering through the desert. I mean, there, there, there's a lot of them. And we're told that there are different shepherds intermingling the sheep as they go along because, well, it's easy to travel that way. They're going to be uh, going to a place where they get water and things like that. So there are a bunch of different herds there in that clump of sheep. But well, it's amazing. You say, how, how are these sheep going to know where to go? How are they going to know the shepherd? It's amazing. Because when the shepherds start calling... The sheep know who their shepherd, who their master is. And they just start naturally peeling off and following after their shepherd. Why? Because they know the shepherd's voice. The question I ask you today is, are you close enough and spend enough time with the shepherd to know his voice speaking To you? Are you taking enough time to be with the herd, so to speak, in church to to know uh, who the shepherd is? Are you taking time to read the scriptures and say prayers so that you can know that it's the voice of the shepherd, not some false God or false idol? Or are we too busy to listen? This past week at at the trustees meeting, Justin Lawrence led a devotional, and he concluded the devotional by using this an acronym. He said, "You know what busy stands for? Being under Satan's yoke. And if we're so busy doing things and so busy uh, chasing after dollars or success or fame or or pleasure, are we?" Listening to voices that will ultimately not lead us to a place of eternal abundance, because not where are we heading? And are we also being driven by our fears? That's happening so much in our world this day and time. People are being driven by fear again. That's how a border collie will move the sheep along. They don't want to be nipped in the heel. But the good shepherd leads with love, because if you're listening to fear, you're not listening to the voice of the good shepherd leading you forward. Now we do have our natural fears of fire and falling and things like that. That's part of what God has put into us to protect our lives. But moving into the future, are we being led by fear, or by the good shepherd? Because the voice of the Lord never directs with fear. Never directs with fear. I've told some of the story about how a boy from South Alabama uh, ended up here in Boone, North Carolina, and I've I've shared bits and pieces of it, Uh, but I'll tell you this part of it, and I've shared some of this before to some of y'all, but I found out we were coming here, and before it was made, quote, official and announced, you know, I was on a district superintendent. Before it was announced, before uh, the rest of the cabinet members and the bishop was going to talk about that, who would be appointed on there, we were all gathered there in Montgomery and I was uh, in a hotel room at night and I knew if the bishop announced it the next day at that cabinet meeting, it, it was like, you know, this is going to happen. And I couldn't sleep. I just thought about you know, this is a big change. I mean, I'm lo- moving from everything I've known for so long, you know, all the connections that I have down there. And, you know, this is, this is kind of scary. And I was turning and tossing back and forth there in the, that uh, Hampton Inn bed. And, and I, I said, I turned on the light and I grabbed my phone and I, uh, I texted my wife and said, Alicia, I don't know about this. I don't know if we ought to do this. This is, this is, this is you know, going to be so different. I, you know, what what's this going to be about? I mean, I'm, I'm You know, we're leaving everything behind. And somehow, without my glasses on, I not only texted uh, Alicia, but I texted my daughter, Anna Grace, too. And she's a light sleeper. And she heard the, the text go off, and she read it, and she responded back immediately, said, Dad, that's not the voice of God speaking to you. The Lord does not lead through fear. Do not let the fear of the unknown keep you from taking advantage of this opportunity God's presented before you. Wow. Don't you hate it when your kids are right? (laughs) Yeah. And so I listen to the voice of love leading us rather than the voice of fear. And hearing the words, you know, we just read to you, I knew that the good shepherd was even here in Boone, North Carolina, going ahead of us, preparing the way. For you see, the voice of the shepherd doesn't lead with fear. He leads with love that casts out all fear. Now, the way may be difficult, the journey may sometimes be hard, but he's leading us with love to a place of abundance and hope. So that's what my prayer is for being here. There's one more thing that you need to hear. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday, happy birthday. Happy birthday to me. No, Well... Thank you all, but it's not really my birthday. If those of you are on Facebook, you'd say, I didn't see that pop up there. if it did, I've been hacked. This is not my birthday as far as being born in the world. This is my spiritual birthday. For you see, on March 27th, 1977, I was only one, no, uh, <laughs> a few years ago with the herd at the Mary Esther United Methodist Church. During a lay witness mission, I heard the Savior, the shepherd calling. You see, at these lay witness retreats, folks from all over our annual conference would come to a particular church, and a lay people would share their testimonies and share how God had worked in their lives and they had a youth component and college students from the Auburn Wesley Foundation came and, and they took us out to the beach and, and uh, at that time you could have actually have fires on the beach. It wasn't, wasn't a lot of crowds there and, and we gathered gather around a fire and they shared uh, how God had worked in their life and they seemed to have such a purpose and a joy and, and, and they said you know that's something you can have too and so our hearts were prepared on that Sunday morning the, the leader of the group a guy named Charlie from Enterprise Alabama shared his testimony, shared how, how God had worked in his life and had brought him to a place where he could hear God calling him to a place where he knew his sins were forgiven, a place where he experienced abundance and peace and joy. And then he said, if you want that, I invite you to come forward and receive the good news of Jesus' love for you. And so on that very morning, I and some other folks went down to the altar, and there at the altar of my home church, I said yes to the Savior. I said yes to Jesus and is leading on my life. Now, have I strayed since then? Oh, yeah, I have. But the shepherd is gentle and patient, And he woos me back with love, sometimes pulling me back, uh, kicking and screaming. But he's always there patiently calling me home. The question I have for you today is, have you ever said yes to the Savior? Have you ever heard his calling you by name to a place that is a Eternally abundant, calling you to a place where your sins are forgiven and your past is redeemed. Have you ever answered that call in your life? Have you ever said yes to, this, to the Good Shepherd calling you by name? And if you have, are you where you need to be? Are you close enough to Him that you can hear His voice beckoning you to that place that's abundant? and joyful, and eternal. If not, why not? So as we conclude our message today, and as a band plays a song that you think I asked them to play, but this is totally them, just that they're going to sing just as I am, the altar's open for you to Come and kneel and say, Lord, I want you to speak to me again. I want to take some more time during the week to to hear your your voice speaking to me. Or if you've never in your life said, yes, Jesus, good shepherd, come to my life. Forgive me. Heal me. Make me brand new. Well, Jeff and I are going to be down here and you can come and pray with us. And if you do that for the very first time, guess what? You and I share a birthday. So let us stand. Let us sing. And as you feel led, come to the altar or come see Jeff and me.